0: It's really easy to put together a vanadium flow battery but to get it to work well we built the first vanadium flow battery that we believe is moving to commercialization stage
1: This is Energy Cast, and I'm Jay Downhauer. Today we're talking about flow batteries, a young and promising energy storage solution that might work better than lithium ion batteries in some cases. Batteries like the lithium ion variety exchange ions from solids like the lithium. There's a lot of energy density in that, but the lithium will become less efficient as ions exchange over hundreds and thousands of cycles. A flow battery gets its ions from the fluid electrolyte, where a metal is dissolved. The same metal is in the electrolyte on both sides of a membrane, but with different electrical charges. This difference, is exploited to create electricity. The benefit is that the electrolyte in the flow batteries almost never degrades. That's great for a growing number of energy storage systems we want to put out in the field to help balance renewable energy production. But the electrolyte is less energy dense than conventional batteries like lithium ions, which pack a lot of electricity in a small light package. I'm guessing you can assume what application might not be as practical for flow batteries. Like any chemical battery, flow batteries can be made from one of several chemistries. Iron and chromium have been used in the past, but my guest says they believe vanadium holds the greatest promise. Now we all know about vanadium, Vanadium, right? Well, turns out we handle vanadium just about any time we turn a wrench or work out in the garage. Yep. Vanadium has been used for years to strengthen steel and other metals. Vanadium as a battery solution has been used for many years, but my guest says the technology is only now being developed commercially for this purpose. Think about it. We've only recently started using lithium-ion batteries for cars and utility-scale storage. My guest and I also discussed the commercial opportunities for a business like this. Do you simply drop off the batteries and send the bill, or can you get a consistent revenue after the point of sale? The response I got reminded me a lot of Howard Hughes and the business that helped him eventually become the aviator as many of you may have seen in the leonardo DiCaprio movie hello mr mayor i, I don't know if you remember me my name's howard hughes i need a
0: few cameras how uh, many cameras you have now 24 now let me give you a little advice huh why don't you take your oil money drill bits take
1: all right take your drill bit yeah. money and why don't you put it in the bank? uh-huh yep Hughes Tool made their money not by selling drill bits, but by renting them. It's a long-term strategy that might just pay off for a battery technology that specializes in endurance. My guest today is Larry Zolch, CEO of Invenity Energy Systems, a vanadium redox flow battery company based in London. Larry came to Invinity when his previous company, Avalon Battery, another vanadium company, merged with Invenity in April 2020. While Invinity has offices in the UK, Larry is based here stateside in the Bay Area. Some of their manufacturing is in China, so I sympathize with the conference calls he must have. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Larry Zolch. Result, CEO of Infinity Energy Systems, and Larry, I talk a lot about energy storage. So what sector are you focusing your flow batteries on?
0: Hey, good to be with you, Jay. When you look at sectors in the energy market, we start with residential, and then there's sort of commercial industrial in the middle, and then grid connected and utility scale on the upper end. We focus on those upper two markets. We don't do residential. We're looking at large commercial operations where they may well have renewable energy in grid services and utility scale where evening out the energy grid is critical.
1: The big selling point of this technology, flow batteries, as I understand it, is the unlimited cycles, unlike you would with, say, a lithium ion battery. Can you really circulate these vanadium electrolytes indefinitely? How much upkeep is there?
0: yeah that is exactly the benefit of a vanadium flow battery is the vanadium is used in multiple states we technically call them oxidation states Mm -hmm. but they're really combinations of vanadium and oxygen and different amounts and that's what stores the electricity the vanadium that was around for millions of years and will be (laughs) around for millions of years doesn't transform most battery technologies are transformative technologies they actually take one material make it into something else discharge electricity then they go back and reverse that process and each time they lose a little bit lithium batteries do everything does a little bit in a vanadium flow battery never changes other than its state. It doesn't transform. And that's the advantage that we have.
1: The other flow battery company that I was aware of was Intervault. They don't appear to be in business anymore. I checked their website this morning. Their website is for sale. Yep, yep. <laughs> they had a- You know, there's a lot of
0: low batteries that have been built and flow battery companies over the years and various technologies. Intervault's one of them. But, you know, what's happened is every technology goes through phases <laughs> and through sort of a research phase, you know, and then a development phase. Phase where they're going from, it's proven in the lab, let's come up with something commercial. Then it goes through a commercialization phase, and then it becomes mature. What's happened with vanadium flow batteries, they've been around for decades, and there are probably 15 different companies doing vanadium flow batteries right now. I was CEO of one of them, and we just in April merged with another one and built together the first vanadium flow battery that we believe is moving from development stage, to commercialization stage. We both had experience taking and commercializing our batteries, but we weren't ready to do what Infinity Energy is now ready to do. And that is just be a standard player in energy storage.
1: What was the biggest roadblock? You said there's a lot of vanadium companies and a lot of them are in the research phase. So what's the roadblock there? Well, it's really easy
0: to put together a vanadium flow battery that stores energy and discharges energy. You take vanadium, dissolve it in a mild acid solution run it past some membranes and it works Mm -hmm. but to get it to work well and reliably over long periods of time, that is a absolutely different proposition. And then to build the battery on a production line, which is how we all know, that's how things get less expensive and more reliable. If you're building something by hand, you might've really appreciate it, but these bespoke products are never gonna get to the level of being inexpensive and reliable. We put together the largest fleet of flow batteries ever <laughs> instrumented every one of them so we were getting data off of it learned when there were problems, fixed them, and went through this learning process to develop a battery that's truly ready to just be plugged into the energy grid. That know-how, that has taken years and years of experience by a really, really impressive team that I am privileged to work with.
1: Going back to Intervault, it seems to me there's more than one way to do a quote-unquote flow battery. Intervault had an iron-chromium-redox design, according to reports. What was the difference between that and this vanadium design? That you have?
0: The iron chromium design is one of multiple different chemistries that are used yeah. in flow batteries. What characterizes a flow battery is that the energy stored in an electrolyte is circulated, flowing through what's called a cell stack, past membranes or past electrodes or a cathode and an anode. Flow battery means stored in electrolyte. Mm-hmm. Many different chemistries for doing that. And some of them are quite promising. But I have a rule that I apply. Until there's a battery one installation that is paid for by an independent commercial (laughs) operation we don't look at it as competitive. We look at it as interesting and promising, but not competitive. Iron Chromium has been very much stuck in the research phase, hasn't even really moved into development phase. Enervault was working to do that and to get into development phase. But these things are hard to do. That's yeah. not as proven a technology as Vanadium. Vanadium is the one that has currently been used for literally decades now in grid-connected applications.
1: What do you think has held the flow battery market back until now? It just feels like all we hear about is lithium ion and of course the reason why i warned you on today is hopefully to change that but what do you think has been a big roadblock there
0: every technology as i mentioned goes through phases and if we were talking 10 years ago about grid connected energy storage you would be telling me about pumped hydro being the standard (laughs) technology and the Lithium, no one's really talking about connecting it to the grid. That's just being used in cell phones and video cameras. But they, through building some impressive technology in the factories, these gigafactories, were able to get the price down, reliability up to the point that it became a regular, real part of our energy infrastructure. This is now the time for vanadium flow to take its place as well. You haven't heard about it much because it hasn't been ready for true commercial operation, we see it being different moving forward.
1: You mentioned pumped hydro. I actually visited the Bath County facility in Virginia, mm. it's the largest pumped hydro ever. The drawbacks to pumped hydro is you have to have two lakes <laughs> that are about 100 feet in elevation apart from each other. That's sometimes kind of hard to come by. But hey, these flow batteries for the commercial applications probably partnered with a lot of renewables. We see that. Can you put a flow battery in an electric vehicle? Is that possible or feasible? What do you think of that?
0: It's been done. And I would say the short answer is no. I own yeah. a Tesla. It's a fantastic plastic car and it uses lithium batteries and lithium batteries are great for that application. They are very space efficient. They're relatively light. A vanadium flow battery of equivalent capacity would be larger and heavier. That doesn't really matter when I've got it on a concrete pad connected to a substation or outside a large industrial facility, but it sure matters a lot in a car. I'd say that the quick answer is we don't anticipate low batteries being used in a vehicle operation right now supporting the vehicle is a different story
1: yeah i can imagine the amount of electrolyte that you want to run through it wouldn't make sense for the car to carry that around
0: that's right it would just be heavy yeah relative to the energy the plus and minus of vanadium we said the plus is it doesn't break down and that's true the minus is it's not as energy dense as lithium
1: Sure. The images I've seen on your website show what appears to be your batteries lined up at the end of each row of solar cells at a solar farm. I take it that the electrolyte is being pumped to these batteries. What are we looking at in these pictures?
0: Well, actually, our batteries are self contained units. They have two tanks because electrolyte sort of gets split into positive and negative versions of the vanadium, and then they combine it, the so called cell stack. Mm -hmm. This self contained battery battery module that you see at the end of each row of solar cells is only one of multiple configurations where our batteries can be used but what's great about that is in the ones the pictures you saw there's a direct dc connection into the battery the battery solar combination can put out a consistent amount of energy when the sun stops shining the battery can keep putting it out when the sun is shining can put out a consistent amount and store the extra so that combination allows a level of dispatchability a level of reliability that you don't see from solar by itself that's the promise of energy storage whether it's vanadium flow or lithium that's the promise is it makes unreliable because the wind (laughs) doesn't always blow the sun doesn't always shine renewable energy into a reliable dispatchable source an alternative to using thermal energy
1: Yeah. And when people ask me, what do you think about renewables? Let's talk about storage, right? Because I think storage is the real story to tell when it comes to renewables. I think you show that to be the example. And one of the things I was thinking of, too, is you got these batteries working alongside these solar farms that can be pretty intermittent. So these batteries are being called on, called off a lot. And the name of the game with a lot of these batteries is cycles. And you take that off the table, right? That's
0: exactly right. One of the things that we have been a little surprised about as we start coming out with commercial deployment of our battery has been that some of the interest in it is not about how long we can store things. One advantage of a flow battery is that the Energy it stores, it stores in electrolyte in tanks, and the power comes from that cell stack. If you have bigger tanks, you're storing for longer periods of time. That's an advantage over batteries where you just have to have more and more and more of them if you wanna store more energy. The place where we're seeing a lot of interest in our flow batteries are times when they're two or three or four cycles a day. As we all know from our cell phones, even though they're only charged once per day, let's say, after two or three years, their capacity has gone down. And that's the problem with lithium is that if you cycle it twice a day, it's not going to last for the 10 years or 15 years or 20 years that the energy infrastructure that we have today is built around it's not built around temporary products. It's built around long term products. cycles is a big advantage that we have over the alternative because there's no limit to how many cycles you can do. You can be continuously cycling up and down, back and yeah. forth. of the time, year after year after
1: year. Yeah, no doubt. These big tanks out in the middle of these dusty areas. It reminds me so much of what I used to do when I used to work in the fracking industry and we were doing (laughs) a lot of water management. We'd have all these huge tanks for recycling frack water. It kind of took me back a little bit. One of the things we used to work on is how can we efficiently move this around? How can we limit the number of pumps and moving parts? Does your team continually work on ways to make all that pumping of the electrolyte more efficient?
0: Absolutely. Because we're making this separate module, and you mentioned very correctly that some batteries you'll see, vanadium flow batteries are built like small chemical factories (laughs) that Sumitomo in Japan does a beautiful job of making very, very large scale vanadium flow batteries. But they're built like a factory with huge tanks, (laughs) sometimes outdoors. We took a different approach, a little bit like the solar approach where you make a bunch of modules. You look at these big solar farms and they're made up of identical modules. We make a battery module and we're always working to make that battery module more efficient use less parasitic power as we call all the pump power and everything else and we're actually making a lot of progress in that area and having a very small amount of parasitic power compared to lithium batteries have to be air conditioned often when they're in hot environments that's parasitic power meaning power that isn't used in the charge or discharge of the battery system we fortunately don't have that issue
1: Well, you kind of go into the next thing and that was another thing that we used to always deal with with oil field was how do you make it tough you know wind rain <laughs> dust hot cold are there any limitations on weather temperature where these batteries won't operate can you take them to north dakota where it's negative 60 and you were kind of yeah, talking we, about we them also system you remember that arctic
0: vortex a couple of years ago yeah <laughs> We installed a pretty good-sized system in Iowa at that point, and our batteries worked fine through that. We're also, right outside Death Valley in California, have another system. Our batteries are very durable and very tolerant of broad ranges of temperature. There are, at both ends that I described there, some reduction in efficiency when you get to the very high or very low temperature. But the battery itself is incredibly durable, and it doesn't hurt it at all.
1: Okay. You talked a little bit about bringing this to commercialization. So was there anything else that needed to be taken care of to make sure that they operate sure. successfully? You well, know? I
0: mean, that's where we get the experience of having literally hundreds of these modules out in the field. Initially, they were more in pilot projects, and now they've started to move into commercial projects and proving to be everything that we're saying, which is what everybody's looking for. What is it a proven technology I can depend on? If our value proposition, if what we say is important is that they're durable. They don't degrade. We need to be able to prove that. And the only way to prove it is to be out in the field, having them operate in real life situations where people come along and say, wow, look at this. It really has been working in and out, in and out every day. No degradation, same performance year after year. That's what we're able to deliver today, and that's what we're excited about.
1: Sure. How abundant is vanadium? I'm trying to even picture where it is on the periodic table. You know, I've had several conversations with folks about the availability and reusability of lithium, for instance. Where do you get your hands on some vanadium?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazingly, vanadium is more common in the Earth's crust than copper. Yeah. It is the 13th most common metallic element, element number 23. And it's found all over the world. It's just that it hasn't had a lot of use other than hardening steel or sometimes titanium or aluminum. And so therefore, it's been mined and extracted alongside steel plants. And that means Brazil and South Africa and China, the biggest producer of vanadium. Once we start creating a true alternate market for vanadium, then we see that there will be an increased production of it. And we're told by many different organizations that either observe the mining market or miners themselves are all saying there's as much of as we can use.
1: I always like that business model where the revenue doesn't end after your product is sold, kind of like you sell the razor and then you keep selling people the razor blades, right? So are there any other revenue streams beyond selling and installing the batteries? Do you keep providing electrolyte? What are you doing to keep that revenue going past sale?
0: I like those models too. (laughs) Right now, our primary focus is on getting our battery as a product out into the marketplace. But we do provide maintenance services and they're low, but that is another stream of revenue because ultimately we may need to replace a pump that we've never actually had one fail in the field, I will say. But there's another thing that we get revenue from is a revenue stream. Because vanadium never degrades, we're actually able to rent the electrolyte. And that means that it, since it retains its value, the cost of rental is often less than the cost of purchase. At the end, let's say you've been using it for 20 years, the vanadium's still good. In yeah. fact, our team has taken vanadium electrolyte out of a 10-year-old battery and then just put it into a new battery and it worked fine. There was no degradation there. So we can get a revenue stream through leasing the electrolyte when a project developer wants to spend as little upfront as possible and they're working to keep the ongoing costs down.
1: Kind of the huge tool renting the bits, right?
0: Yeah, yep, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, Larry, I'm gonna finish with a lightning round of your thoughts on different energy technologies, starting with natural gas.
0: Good transition technology, but not long-term. Crude oil. Uh, high carbon technology and product that Ultimately, we won't use much of. Nuclear. Once we solve some of the waste problems would be a good and important part of the mix. Coal. Not going to be around for much longer generating electricity or hopefully in any way. Wind. A very high power, important part of the renewable energy mix going forward. Solar. The other part of the equation with wind will be solar. The combination of those two is the renewable energy future core
1: biofuels promising
0: in certain targeted applications potentially aircraft and other places where energy density matters greatly and we want to move away from fossil fuels
1: hydroelectric
0: a critical part of the renewable energy mix but very very hard to cite (laughs) geothermal when the conditions are right yet another piece of the mix but rare to find it in a commercially appropriate way
1: you guys energy storage
0: Pretty much the most important technology the world's ever seen. Or maybe just a piece of the mix for the renewable energy future.
1: (laughs) Take your pick. (laughs) Electric vehicles.
0: The future. I will never buy another internal combustion engine car because I find that my needs are entirely met by an electric car.
1: Energy efficiency.
0: A piece of the puzzle helps to make our electricity go further.
1: And then finally, fusion power.
0: We're only 20 years off from having practical, reasonable, reliable fusion power. Of course, that's been true that we've been 20 years off for the last 50 years.
1: (laughs) All right, Larry Zulch, Infinity Energy Systems, thank you so much for your time.
0: Jay, thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: That was Larry Zulch, CEO of Invinity Energy Systems, a flow battery company focusing on vanadium redox technology. The company has projects and locations reigning from Iowa, as Larry mentioned, to China. I want to thank Larry for his time, as well as Joe Worthington at Invinity and Dixon Gurley for setting this up. You can find plenty of pictures on energy-cast.com, as well as on Instagram and Parlor at Host Energy and Twitter at Host Energy Cast. All guests are sent the raw and completed audio the week of release. So far, no complaints. Be sure to leave us a positive review on iTunes. That gets the word out. Music was produced by Sean Stroop at Stroop Loops. That wraps up episode 89. Be sure to join us next week when we get some fossil facts from the Assistant Secretary of Energy. You won't want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jay Downhower. We'll see you next time.